Blog Talk Radio. show for you. It's always going to be fun here on the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. We're going to do it big time here today. And definitely, if you'd like to join us, feel free to go ahead and give us a call at 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. Welcome again to the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. And the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show wouldn't be where it is without the great support of Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Really appreciate our fantastic sponsor, Chef G's. Definitely go ahead and try one of the four great flavors of barbecue sauce, classic, heat wave, fusion, and honey mustard. All four flavors can be picked up at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. Or, if you're really ambitious, you can come right here to his showcase, to his location at 301 South 22nd Street, right here in beautiful Tampa, Florida. You can pick up any one of the four great flavors, get yourself something to eat. He also has some great rubs there, too. And what we're going to do, since we love Chef G so much, we're going to play a great song by Sam Scola, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. We're going to play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song for you right now. Please enjoy it. Thank you, Sam Scola. And we're going to go ahead and play this on for you right now. Comes in for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. A natural flavor, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Florida gold honey mustard. 
Yeah, I know what you're saying. You definitely, uh, you, you was holding up hope, man. That's, that's amazing. We were, we were. You know, uh, that's, wow. I give you credit. I However, give you a lot of credit. We are going to finish with a decent season. Yeah, I mean, definitely it is something that at least they ended up respectfully. I, I don't, yes. you know, so at least that's something to be proud of. They did the last month or so. Do you think Aaron saved his job? Uh, to be honest, no. Okay, so you think you think no. You think it's you think Aaron is going to be gone? He'll be gone when it becomes Black Monday. He'll be on that list. Wow. Wow. Sorry to so say you, that. You think you think that's it? I think that's it. Yes. And I think I think the Yankee management knows that, and I think he knows it too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I know what you're saying. He, you think he? How do you know he? He thinks he knows it. Well, I mean, you know, judging how how it went uh, in August and September, I mean, there was well, there was speculation that he would not be back, but I think now the manager is going to be like. Well, you gave it a good run, but uh, sorry, you gave all this time to help us get into a, to a World Series. I mean, the Yankees looking for a World Series or bus tied up because now it's been uh, 14, 15 years since we last won. Uh, Boone did a good job, but I think the management is going to say, your time is up. Yeah, I think you're right, too. I, I don't think I disagree with you. I don't think I disagree I with you. Yeah, I, I hope you're wrong too, but I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I think I think it's it's I think Aaron you know, I think Aaron Boone is gone. I really do, it's unfortunately. Sad, yeah. yeah. But you know what? It was a great run. It was a great run. You can't you yeah. can't deny that. It was a great run. So at the yeah. end of the day, you know what I mean? To be a, a a manager for New York, for the Yankees, for as long as he did, that's a win. Yeah. And we did save ourselves from having a losing season. Yes. And it definitely looked like it was headed that way, too. So at least it they did. ended off on a pretty good note. You know, you're right. At least it ended off somewhat respectfully. So it wasn't as bad as it looked three, four weeks ago. No. But – it has come to, unfortunately, to an end, and it was a good run, though. I have to say, it was a good run. Yeah. So, you know, I, I wanted to get your thoughts. How do you think the Jets are going to fare out now? Are you kidding? It's going to be worse than before. I mean, look who you're replacing it with. I mean, 11-17 as a starter, how do you expect to you know, improve on that? So that's a great question. I mean, first, Do you go ahead? I mean, bad enough when you have, of course, uh, you know, one of one of these ghosts out of this, and now you're getting another loser. I mean, really, you should have kept Mike White, or they should have rolled the dice, and you think they should have got Colin Kaepernick. 
No, no, I wouldn't take a chance on him. He's been out seven years. He really has no interest in playing in playing the NFL. So that'd be a wasted move. And you know, as soon as he gets there, you know there's going to be controversy. And uh, I don't think the Jets uh, want want to take that chance. Or neither is the NFL. So yeah, that, I, that, that'd, be a, that'd be a terrible move right there. Yeah, I'm going to talk more about Colin Kaepernick a bit more in the segment, but I definitely wanted to get your thoughts. A lot of people say that, that they don't believe that Colin really wants to play. What are your thoughts on that, no. on that aspect alone? What, break down what are your thoughts when you say you don't think he really wants to play? I mean, seven years, and basically I thought when he was playing, he wasn't really interested. I mean, he wasn't even that good of a quarterback to begin with anyway, even though he wasn't for San Francisco. But I don't think his heart was, was in anyway. And then when all the controversy came, uh, you know, I think he just took it out of it, and he was just like, I'm done. You know, either you support me or I'm done. And a lot of people did not support him. So he was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk, and that's it. If my team, my team wants to play me, yeah, fine. But it's like he didn't really care. So your feeling is that – he really doesn't care. He doesn't really want to play in the league. He just wants to basically complain and moan. Okay. You know what? I, I'm glad you said that, Lou, because a lot of people – I'm glad you're saying that because a lot of people feel the same way. I've heard that same argument. He really doesn't want to play. Even though he's keeping in shape, he just wants to kind of say, you know, I, I got done a raw deal and just keep repeating that line more so than solving a problem and maybe get back in the league. Which if he did, would be a bigger problem. Oh yeah, I mean, to me, I I heard, I read the letter, and I understand you want to be in a practice squad, but you're not just another guy on the practice squad. You come to the practice squad, it's going to be a mob scene. Not only is it going to be a mob scene, it is definitely going to detract Zach Wilson or any other quarterback that's starting. Let's say it's not Zach Wilson. Anybody who starts for the Jets is going to be diverted by all that attention. He, they have to be. Mm-hmm. And they're going to feel pressure, too, because they're going to be like, oh, man, if I don't play, this guy's going to take my, my spot right off the bat. I, I, I agree with you. I'm going to talk a lot more about Colin Kaepernick in, in this segment, too, and, and things of that nature. And So you think it's, it's downhill. The Jets are not. That's it. You're saying it's over now. Like a Rolling Stone song, yes, it's over now. <laughs> My man, Lou is saying it just the the generation another time. You know what? I think you're right, though. I think if you're going to go ahead and get somebody worse than Zach Wilson, you should have just played the kid. Just just play him. I mean, he's, yes, he's not the greatest. I mean, you paid him a lot of money. Just just play him. He's a younger guy. Yeah. And at least he's been playing. At least he's been playing. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. But I know that you got a, a fantastic show this, this weekend. What do you got cooking for your show? All right. Well, of course, we're going to uh, with the last uh, regular week of the baseball season. So, uh do the uh, last of the uh, playoff races. We'll also have your college and NFL uh, predictions. We'll talk some preseason NBA and NHL, uh, WNBA playoffs as they're getting into the later rounds now. 
My Liberty is still in it, but they're having some trouble. I hate that. Um, maybe we'll touch on some um, some soccer as well, because there was some news on Lionel Messi this week. There's your time prevails. I'll cover that too. Plus, of course, the ridiculous time of the week, sports trivia this week in sports history, uh, the feel-good story of the week, the best and worst of September, and, of course, your comments and thoughts are always welcome, even if I may not like it. Uh, the number to call is 512-543-4662. Once again, 512-543-4662. By the way, it's 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 3 to uh, 305 in the Central, uh, 105 in the West, and uh, 9 o'clock in Europe. Wow, that's awesome. Yep, I think that's right. Oh, yeah, we'll also <laughs> cover the Ryder Cup, the Ryder Cup as well. Yeah, so that sounds like it's going to be a fantastic show. You guys are going to make sure you support Lou at the Enhanced Sports Show. You could check him out on YouTube. Just type in Enhanced Sports Show. You'll see the handsome Lou right there. Or you feel free to call in at 512-543-4662. And it's 512-543-4662. He's got a great show. And that's Saturday. That's tomorrow between 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Make sure you call in and support my great friend, Lou. All right. Always a pleasure. Appreciate you. Always a pleasure. You're the best. Thanks. You're welcome. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Okay. Take care. That's that's Lou from the Enhanced Sports Show. Always a pleasure hearing from Lou. And it's always a pleasure hearing from you guys, too. 516-418-5572-516-418-5572. Man, I love doing this show. Because I get a chance to, to break breaking news, and that's what happened this week. If you haven't heard yet, you're going to hear now. The XFL and the USFL have went ahead and announced that they have an intent to merge. They are filing. They've already filed. If everything goes smoothly, which I don't really think there'll be any hiccups, you know, if there is something that they need to iron out, they will. But this is going to happen. Basically, the XFL and USFL are going to indeed merge, and that is going to be pretty much what you're going to be looking at for spring football. I did want to say, before I get into some details, I told you guys that this was more than likely going to happen. I mentioned that on the show. We had the XFL Insider podcast on here, and not only that... There was rumors that happened after our show. I mentioned that this more than likely was going to happen. Having said that, I didn't realize it was going to be official, like they were going to make an announcement. I thought they was going to make the announcement this coming up week. That's coming up the first week in October. They went ahead and announced it on Thursday. Believe it or not, I did not think this merger was going to be official until the night before it went live and they made the announcement. And the reason why I felt it was going to be official is because I said, hmm, that's kind of strange. I looked at the social media posts for Danny Garcia and I looked at The Rock and I noticed that they, both of them, did not put up an XFL post, either one, 
over the last three weeks. That is very, especially Danny, especially Danny. I knew that was right there a sign that the talks and the rumors were indeed true. And then the very next day, I get the press release from the XFL. And it is official. I mean, and I went ahead and put it out there. First thoughts about this merger is if you don't know anything about the XFL or USFL, you're actually probably in the best position as a fan because as a fan standpoint, this is a great move. You know, especially if you don't know anything about the two leagues, now the gap between the XFL, I'm sorry, I should say the gap between the NFL and the XFL and USFL got a little shorter. Still there's a ways to go because the, the NFL is a head honcho, but I do feel that the gap got a little bit closer. Not you still worlds apart, but you're not, you're at least you were off the planet. Now you're at least on the same planet and not only in your same planet, you're getting closer in the neighborhood. So I feel as if the gap did get a little bit smaller with this merch. With this merch too, I do feel as if, you know, there's going to be some, since I'm, I'm more into the internal aspects of this merger, for me personally, it's mixed feelings. But for a fan, this, and for a person from the outside kind of looking in, this actually is going to be a great thing. It may not be a great thing individually, you know, depending on who you are and your affiliation with the USFL or the XFL. But overall, I think it's going to be a great move. Where things may be very different for people who don't know, the XFL and the USFL are both spring leagues. That is true. But they are ran completely different. The XFL has different rules. The USFL has different rules. The XFL plays in their home stadiums. The USFL has hubs. The USFL has more teams than the XFL. And they're, they're just ran differently. And the, US, the XFL starts right after the Super Bowl. The USFL starts in April. So there are going to be some changes logistically. And the reason why I say it's mixed reviews, mixed feelings for me is because <laughs> I'm going to be the one who's going to find out what changes are going to be in place for you guys. You know, I'm going to have to dig deep and find out all these answers. I have a lot of questions as to, you know, what is going to happen now with this merge? What is the foreseen, you know, what is the benefactor for, for both leagues joining? You know, I want to hear it from ownership's mouth. You know, I mean, from a fan standpoint, what could you look forward to? Unfortunately, there are going to be some teams that, from what I hear from strong rumors, that are going to unfortunately have to go to the wayside. So there is going to be a lot of changes, but I do think overall, this is a great opportunity. Now the players, you know, <laughs> which players are going to stick around, which players are going to move. You know, you have the draft. There's a lot of questions. So that's why it's mixed feelings for me, but for a fan, Hey, this is going to be a great thing. This is going to be a great thing. And does this benefit spring football long-term? Yes, I do. I do think it benefits long-term. It is a still, even knowing that this was going to be a possibility, I still am a bit shocked just because I've been 
covering the XFL and internally just the way it's ran it's it, it was a bit of a shock to me you just had a a very successful season yes you didn't get a profit after one year most businesses don't get a profit and it did run at a loss which was nothing surprising that's just the way it is with spring football we were both looking for year two to see how things change in year two and things are not only going to change they're going to change drastically because now it's emerging. The USFL just came back after a long hiatus, and we were going to see what they were going to do in year two. But this merger came into play. So I have a lot of questions as to what brought this all about and the vision. So keep in tune. I am Give me about a week or two, and I will get most of these answers. I will find them out. But I would say that overall, you know, change in a lot of cases is good. I definitely do feel that this should be the case. We're going to find out what the new name is, what how the logo is going to look, what teams are going to be sticking around, what coach is going to stick around, what, hey, what personnel is going to stick around. As of right now, they say it's business as usual, but obviously that is, I'll take that with a grain of salt because things are going to change. So, we will see, and I'm really hoping that spring football, on a personal standpoint, does survive, and I hope it flourishes, and let me explain to you why. Spring football is awesome. If you love football, man, you are missing out if you're not tuning in to these games. They're highly competitive. The guys on the field can play. Believe me and you, a lot of guys on the XFL and USFL are NFL talent. They may not be on an NFL roster. They may not get that opportunity, but it doesn't mean they don't deserve the opportunity, and it doesn't mean they're not good enough to get the opportunity. Believe me and you, I watch football, and I can tell you by covering the XFL, and it's not even the XFL anymore now, I can tell you so I you know that the talent is phenomenal. It really is. Guys are really trying to make it. Guys deserve to get that opportunity. There's guys in the NFL who I feel like, you know what? There's some guys in the XFL I think could do better. And I say that quite often. But so it is it is an opportunity for you. Is it something that's guaranteed? No, it's not guaranteed if you ball out that you're going to end up on an NFL roster. But it is a chance, and there is an opportunity for you. There's an opportunity, and you're really hungry. Here you go. And, in fact, I was going to talk about Colin Kaepernick a bit later in the show. I'm going to talk about it right now. This is where Colin Kaepernick, if he really wants to play for the for the NFL, this is your shot. Reach out to the XFL or USFL. Let them know you have an intent to play. See if you, you know, they might ask to have you try out. Might have you go to a camp. Next Saturday is a showcase. You have an opportunity to show and ball out. And if you ball out, you will show to the general public that you deserve an opportunity to be in the NFL. You can't just say, I deserve to be an opportunity to be in the NFL if you haven't played for seven years. Yes, keeping in shape is great, 
there's a lot of guys that keep in shape right now. You can go to a gym, are in very good shape, but they can't play on the NFL roster. You know, I agree with a lot of what Stephen A. Smith said. I feel as if Colin Kaepernick had a great opportunity to get back in the league, but that 2019 Atlanta workout was a disaster. Thing was a disaster. I feel as if Colin Kaepernick and his people should have made sure that the workout went smoothly. In fact, not only should you have made sure it went smoothly, you should have been catering to everybody in media, every scout, like giving them some water, giving them a couple of snacks, making sure they had shade, do whatever you needed to do to make sure everybody left happy. And for what I understand, I agree with Stephen A. Smith, you would have probably got an opportunity from some team because there was a lot of pressure at that point. When you kind of played games with it, so to speak, that was it. After years of trying to get in, they gave you an opportunity to get in. Now they're like, nope, we're closing the door. I don't think if Colin Kaepernick really wants to play football that he should give up on his dream. I disagree with some people saying it's over. But I do think you need to switch gears. Try playing in this new merger league. It's right up the it's perfect. It's right up the NFL season. You get a chance to see how you can play and then compete. Compete. You understand? Know what, what I love, and you could use this example of George Foreman. What George Foreman said when he took a long break and fought Michael Moore to get, you know, but he wasn't his first fight. He he took a long break from boxing. When he came back to boxing, he said, most guys, when they take a break and they come back, they want to fight the number one or number two guy. I didn't do that. I came back and started from the bottom and worked my way up. I did not want to fight the number one or number two guy. And lo and behold, he kept started from the bottom up. And the only time he became the heavyweight champion was when he fought Michael Moore. So he worked his way back up to the number one guy and he beat him. Sometimes you got to eat crow and start off from the bottom. No one likes to do it, but that's sometimes what's, what's required, especially when you haven't played for a long time. So just a thought. I think it's a great move for you to go ahead and play for that league. Sure beats what you're doing now, and that's respectfully begging is what I would say it is. But I invite Colin Kaepernick to come on my show. Here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, he's definitely welcome. I will give a fair interview, and I extend my invitation to Colin Kaepernick. So having said that, we're going to go ahead and discuss things in the NFL. Let me start with the Bucks. The Bucks were 2-0, and they were facing the Eagles. I told my son that the only way the Bucks have a chance to win this game is if they play mistake-free football. Because, because if you don't play mistake-free football against a team as good as the Eagles and a team that is definitely better than you, you are not going to win. And, you know, with all due respect, Baker Mayfield, I was telling my son during the game, he's holding on to the ball too long. He's holding on to the ball too long. The Eagles have a very, very good defensive line. I'm not an offensive coordinator or NFL coach, 
But I could tell you that just by keeping in tune what's going on in the NFL and players, if you're the quarterback of the opposing team from the Eagles, you have to kind of look at your number one or number two option and get rid of the ball. It's either get rid of the ball to the number one or number two option or just throw it away or run. That's it. A, B, or C. Option A, option B, no good, throw it away or run. You cannot sit there and hold on to the football when it comes to the Eagles. And that's what, what happened. Not only that, he didn't get help with his receivers. Cade Otten dropped a big, big drop when they were driving really well. That was a big, that was a casual ball to drop. Some of my XFL guys would have snagged it up. With Mike Evans. I don't know if Mike Evans is thinking about his contract. And his head is not in the game, but he dropped a couple of like easy passes. You know, I don't know if he's just tanking it because he's pissed. I don't know, but those are those are catchable balls, and it's like he doesn't want to catch the routine ball, but he wants to the flare ball and then kind of show off like, yeah, I deserve that big contract because I made this super difficult catch. But yeah, you made that super difficult catch, but you've been dropping the routine ones. Mike Evans got to step up, man. As of right now, I love Mike Evans, and I think he was a fantastic first-round pick. And, yes, I do think he's going to be a first-ballot Hall of Famer, whether he's playing for the Bucks or not. But Mike Evans, man, you got you to gotta lock in. You got to step up, man. You can't be dropping little, little passes like this. You got to help your quarterback out. And I, I, I don't know if he's just mad at management, but – I would say this year, the way he's played, he's looking very tired, like he's not in shape, and he's dropping easel passes. He's not showing to me that the Bucks made a mistake. Let me just call for what it is. He's not. He's proving them right, not wrong. Come on, Mike Evans, you could do better. And the Bucks, man, we'll see. We'll see. Moving gears, the seventy points by Miami. I mean, that's. That's a beatdown. I picked the Miami Dolphins to win two against Denver. I did not see 70 points. And to me, my thoughts on that is I do think it was a bit running up the score. I'm not going to lie to you. But it just goes to show you how far Denver needs. They need some help. They need some help. I think that <laughs> I do think they're going to win the game against the Cubs, against the Bears. But, man, they need some help. And Devonta Adams discusses options as far as, hey, you know, time's running out. I may have to move on. I respect Devontae Adams. And, yes, I do think Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the game. But this is a situation where when you make your bed, you got to lie in it. You took the bag. You wanted the option. Hey, Derek Carr's going to throw me the ball a bunch of times. And because of that, we're going to go to the promised land. I talked about this before on the show. This is the self-centeredness behavior you find with receivers. Hey, if you just throw the ball to me 20 times, we're going to win every game. Forget about the other nine guys on the field. Just throw me the ball. It doesn't work that way. Football is a team game. You know, just go ahead and see. Just because you're a great receiver and you want the 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 your pass, your quarterback to throw you the ball all the time doesn't mean you're going to win. And you went to the Raiders. 
Come on, did you think you had a better shot at winning a title with the Raiders because Derek Carr was going to throw you the ball more often than Aaron Rodgers? I mean, are you? I mean, really? Come on. Yes, I know you got Josh Jacobs. He's a baller, but you're not going to win. You did not have a better chance of winning with Derek Carr throwing you the ball more often than you did with the Packers. You made a decision, and this is the result of your decision. You got to live with it. You made your bed. You got to sleep in it. So, no, I don't feel bad. And no team is going to take you a few games into the season and put you on a team that has a chance to win now. It's too late. They ain't going to do it. So, it's just wishful thinking as far as I'm, I'm like, cry me a river. It's wishful thinking. You're not going to – come on now. Just because you're a great receiver – there, you cannot expect someone to throw you the ball 20 times a game. You know, ask Jameis Winston. We were just talking about Mike Evans. Jameis Winston and Mike Evans. Let me tell you folks what happened. I had Mike Evans as my fantasy football player, and he used to get massive points when Jameis Winston was the quarterback. But guess what? James Winston used to throw the ball in triple coverage. My guy's better than yours. Here you go. My guy's better than yours. Here you go. And just chuck it up there. Be triple coverage. Well, guess what? That was fun for me getting all those points. But even I said, this ain't going to work for the Bucks winning games. And guess what happened? They didn't win too many games. And James Winston ended up being the 30 for 30 guy. So <laughs> that is not a winning formula. It's been proven. Devontae, you got to grill it up and eat it. Sorry, brother. You made your choice. You got to live with it. Can't have your cake and eat it too. And the Cowboys, you know, they started rearing their ugly head. Things are going to be a little different now <laughs> with the Cowboys. The Cowboys are coming back down to earth. And props to the Cardinals for doing their thing and getting an upset win and playing big time. Yep, so the Cowboys coming back down to earth. And <laughs> one I mean, if you don't know already, I will tell you the biggest story that happened this last week involving sports was the fact that uh, Taylor Swift was in the box in the suite because she's dating Travis Kelsey. I tell you this much. I saw another post of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I was going to just throw my phone wherever. I mean, come on. You know, I thought the Colorado would prime, which I'm going to talk about. Coach prime was getting obnoxious. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a Deion Sanders coach prime supporter. And even I thought I was getting obnoxious. But after seeing all of those posts of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, I was begging, begging to see some Colorado posts again. At least it was really football related. It wasn't entertainment tonight and gossip. Okay, guys, we have seen celebrities date athletes. Derek Jeter 
dated Mariah Carey. And this was Mariah Carey in her prime. She used to be right behind home plate. And you guys didn't make as big a deal with that as you did with this. I mean, we've seen this before. You know, I've seen clips of Taylor Swift. She might be in this popcorn suite getting escorted in. Okay, guys. Okay. Just relax. And now, now, you know, if you don't know, I'll tell you, she's going to be at the, at, the, at the Jets game where, you know, when Kansas City plays the Jets, it's been reported she's going to be there too. I think this whole thing, yes, I do think they're dating, but I think this is more of a publicity stunt than anything else. I don't know how serious their relationship is. I hope I'm wrong, but I just feel like this is just publicity for both sides. And guys, if it's not publicity and they are madly in love, whatever it is, just move on. I don't want to see 15,000 posts of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And I'm not hating on either one of them. I'm really not. Taylor Swift, what, love her or loathe her, she got the music game on lock. You could thank Kanye West for boasting up Taylor Swift. He made a career, and she just took off. He put her on on the map, so to speak, and she just took off flight and never looked back. Travis Kelsey is a baller. The guy has an opportunity if he can continue to produce on the field, stay healthy, keep his head on straight, stay locked in and focused. Travis Kelsey has an opportunity to be one of the greatest, if not the single greatest tight end to ever play this sport. That's where he's at. He has a potential of passing Gronk. I still think Gronk is ahead of him. I think Gronk is going to be ahead of him for a little for some time, but Travis Kelsey has an opportunity to surpass him. So there's no hate on Travis. There's no hate on Taylor. It's just, come on, man. All of these posts, it is so obnoxious and annoying. Okay. He got 300,000 Instagram followers because of this. His, his jersey sales are going up. Like, okay, you don't have to report all this nonsense. This is, this is just gossip. I can't stand it. Let's move on, please. Anyway, I'm just going to say that the NFL season is in full force. Now it's nice because you turn into week four. Guys are going to start you know, showing their true colors. Big props to my man, David Montgomery. He balled out last night. I mean, he balled out. My man got three touchdowns and over 100 yards. Just killing the game. I'll give you the exact amount he got. But man, you know what? I was a little bit like, unsure about him because he just came off an injury. I wasn't sure if they were going to give him, you know, that many touches. He carried the ball over 30 times. I mean, and it was extremely effective. So big props to David Montgomery. He balled out. I'll give you a stat line. He had 32 attempts, 121 yards, three touchdowns. Balling. (laughs) 
See, he showed, you know, why running backs can be a very, very effective and why they're so important because he carried the team. I mean, they they just – I mean, of course, he had fantastic blocking, but, man, he was, he was, he was a, a weapon. He was a weapon, and he did, he did phenomenal. It just goes to show you that, you know, football is a team game. You know, they, they, the team went ahead and balled out. It wasn't just one guy just getting, just throwing a ball to, you know, there was a team effort. The offensive line did their job. Jared Goff, you know, he threw an interception real early, settled down, did his thing. You know, the defense played solid. I felt as if there was a couple of moments where things got real tight, you know, to credit, you know, it, it came, it wasn't, it seemed like it was going to be a blowout, but it wasn't. They came back strong, Green Bay Packers. But in the end, the, the Lions were just too much. They're just too strong. So as I was mentioned to you earlier, that's why you need playmakers. And this is what a team sport is about can't just win with two guys on the field you know so a lot of things are going on in the sports world we're going to have a lot of great things for you tonight we're going to have sam scola joining us real soon we're going to talk about the patriots and the jets and then afterwards we're going to play a debut song from sam scola's titled the quarterback it's titled the quarterback i'm going to play that for you bit later and I'm going to go ahead and share all my predictions for this weekend's games too I'm going to do that for you I actually been doing very good with my predictions in the NFL I'll get you the numbers probably next week of where I stand but I, I just feel as if my picks you know I missed a couple but they've been pretty spot on and yeah, I, I felt <laughs> I felt as if the Eagles were going to beat the Bucks, but since the Bucks are my team, I told you guys I'm going to pick the Bucks, and I felt as if the Bucks had a very very good opportunity to win that game. One other thing I did want to say was, truth be told, when the Eagles got the ball at halftime and they made that long drive and scored and now made it 20 to three, I turned the game off because I knew that the Bucks. You are not going to come back from 20 to three past halftime against the Eagles. You know, once you let them get, even though it's not a big, big score, it's, it's too big for you to overcome against the Eagles. The Eagles were the better team. And I didn't see a point of watching the game at that point. I really didn't. I felt as if the, you know, the, the Bucks were going to get more desperate and that wasn't going to be to their game plan. And I didn't feel as if they really was going to be able to do much to get back into the game. 20 to three against the Eagles is not a big deficit, but against the Eagles, it is a big deficit. Having said that, I do think the Bucks had a chance to win that game. They needed to play sharper. They needed to not drop balls. You know, you just cannot do that. You have to be locked in and focused. You cannot let easy passes go. And that's what they did. And that's why they lost. So we will see how this fares out. And 
I definitely gonna keep hoping the Bucks do win. I think they got a great shot to do so. So far, so good. Two and one after three games is not bad. One thing that is a little surprising is that the Bucks do have such an early bye week. They have a bye week in week five. I kind of like to have a bye week later in the season, much later. Like that's how I kind of knew the Bucks had a very good shot of winning the Super Bowl when Tom Brady was there because they had a bye week towards the end of the season. Gives you an opportunity to get some rest and come back strong. To have it so early in the season, you kind of kind of feel towards the end of the season like, oh man, I'm laboring, I'm laboring. Ooh. So we'll see. Keep rooting for the Bucks, and I'm hoping that Baker Mayfield, <laughs> you know, plays a lot better. You know, you know, you can have outstanding Baker, and you can have not so great Baker, and unfortunately. Monday night, we had not so great Baker Mayfield, and the guys made it even worse by dropping easy passes. But the only advice I would have is with Baker, you have to get rid of the football quicker, especially when you're playing the Eagles. Get rid of the football quicker. And speaking of get rid of the football, we're not going to do that. We're going to go ahead and pick up that fumble and we're going to continue on the Allen Alfred's Sports Talk show. We're going to go ahead and bring on our great caller right now. Hey, how you doing so far? That's good. Good, Allen. I'm doing pretty good. Oh, that's great to hear. We got Sam Scola on yeah. the line joining us on the Allen yeah. Alfred's Sports Talk show. So, yeah, it's so awesome to hear from you. I wanted to, you know, for you to tell the audience and our great listeners but people who have never been to Greece, how was that trip? It was good. It was a little. It was. It was a tour, and we were on the go a lot, you know. And we we saw a lot of stuff. We ate a lot of food. <laughs> the food was good, you know. And we 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 just we, we saw. We went to a lot of places. It was like a bus tour, so we we get we get we went to like four different hotels. We we we'd be on a bus the next day to another area and another area we saw a lot of different cities it was it was it was different you know a lot of historic history type things you know but we we had a good time it was just tiring we got back we were tired <laughs> it was like 10 days you know but we enjoyed it it was good to get away you know we we, we didn't take a vacation this year so that was our vacation so we we enjoyed the 10 days away but i missed I missed two Patriot games when I was away. I ended up watching a couple other games, Cleveland and I think um, the the team from Cincinnati, the Bengals, ended up watching them instead, you know? Yeah, so definitely. Yeah. At least you got a chance to see some some football and – I I watched Dallas and beat – they beat – I can't think of a team they beat. It was on – uh, I don't know what the team was. They, who was it? I don't know, but I, I know the Patriots are playing Dallas this week, so it'll be a tough one. But I enjoyed watching the Patriots win their first game Sunday. I was glued to the TV. They were, they were, their offense still has to get in gear, but they, I like the defense. They got a good secondary, you know, good cornerbacks and good safeties. That Gonzalez, their draft pick. 
he looks good, you know, and I think the defense looks good for the future. It's just with their offense, I just need, think it needs to get in gear a little more, you know. The running yeah. backs are there. I just think the receivers aren't on, on, on track yet, you know. Is that your thought on the Patriots? Or? Yeah, I do. I think you're right. I think the receivers definitely need to get some more action. You know, maybe they need to yeah. do some sort of routes and just get the ball out quicker right. and just let the guys make their plays. I also like to see Ezekiel right. Elliott get involved a bit more. What uh, do you think yeah. about his contribution? Yeah, uh, yeah he, he got about 70 yards, didn't he, last week? And Stevenson, yeah. I think they got real good. I think he's going to help him a lot myself. He, he's coming in like on the third or second back. I don't know, but I think he's a good blocker, and I I think he was a good pickup from Dallas. I think Dallas made a mistake letting him go, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, I I think he fits in good with the Patriots, you know, and they're they're running attack. So I, I'm looking for uh, big things from him this year. So I just think Mac um, Jones needs to be more on target. I think I, I just think he's a little off right now. I don't know. So, I just think in time, I think he's going to get better, you know, as the season goes on. But Yeah, I agree. I think so, too. And I definitely hope so, because I think the Patriots do have a lot of promise if they can get things straightened out. Yeah. Yeah. They got a new field goal kicker, Ryland. I I didn't know that either. They, they let Nick Folt go to the t- t- Titans, I think. I think they let yep. him go to the Titans for a draft pick. Anyway, I, I think they're building for the future, you know, the Patriots. Are, so, I, I don't know. Belichick's Belichick. He's good. You know, he still has the brain power, you know. And, it, you know, I, I just think they got the coach and Joe O'Brien, you know. So, I don't know. I just think down down the road they're going to be more, in, you know, they'll win their games more, you know, as time goes on, I think. The only thing I didn't like about the Jets game, I'll tell you what my thoughts. The Patriots, they had that game and they in the fourth quarter. They just sort of like, I don't know, the typical Patriots sometimes in the fourth quarter, they just they just don't they they don't try hard enough. They just they fall apart sort of, you know. And I I heard I don't have nothing against Tony Romo, but he gave the Jets more chances to win that game in that three minute span at the end. I don't know if you were watching that, but I mean, even the last play, there was one second. They almost, he almost caught that pass. My heart was like thumping. You know? Yeah. And Hail Mary, um, Zach, he, Zach Wilson threw that last pass with one second, and it got knocked down. And one of the Jets receivers, I don't know, almost caught it on the ricochet. Yeah. So, but. Tony Romo, Tony Romo's Tony Romo. You know, he's he's. I don't know. He's. I don't know if he's a Patriot fan or not, but he he, he sort of roots for the underdogs a lot. I don't know. I don't know if you, you see that too. But I got nothing against him. But I just think he gave the Jets more chances to win that game in that three minute span at the end. You know. But yeah, I don't know. I um. I I just I'm going to be a Patriot fan, and that's that's my thought. I don't know. I I I know that the announcers have their favorites sometimes, you know, but I just I just go. With, I just think they should be more fair when they talk about each team, you know. So, yeah, you think you're you right. feel that way sometimes about the I announcers? 
I do. I feel like, yeah. okay, we all know that you, you're going to have a team that you really love, you know, whether it be right. a team you played right. for or you have affiliation yeah. because they're from your hometown. But I do feel as if yeah. you've got to be as fair as possible and say, right. you know, the good with the bad. And right. I know it's a fine line, but yeah, you're right. There is. But one person that I guess we both have affiliation for, what do you think of Tom Brady coming back and visiting the Patriots? Oh yeah. I, I was, I was gone that week, but I, yeah, that, that when they were playing the Eagles, right? The Eagles yep. game. Yep. Yeah. I think, yeah, that was, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't around there for that game, but they used to see it. But anyway, yeah, I, I just think it was a good gesture on him. And I thought it would have been a motivating factor that maybe because he was there, they might have, you know, pulled it out, but eh, they didn't. But anyway, I, I I heard rumors. I don't know if you heard this rumor about Tom Brady maybe coming back to play for the Jets. Did you hear that? Did you I hear did. that rumor? I, I did. I did hear that rumor, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think he'll come back no. and play for the Jets. I think that was something that was just kind of blown out of proportion. I do think right. if there was a, it was a great opportunity I think he would consider right. it, but I don't think yeah. he's gonna he's gonna want to have that controversy replacing Aaron Rodgers more than anything. Yeah, yeah. So is Aaron Rodgers? I don't really know the the stature on him. Uh, is he out for the season, or is he coming back later? I don't really. I didn't really hear what happened to him. You know, on his injury. Yeah, he had an unfortunate knee injury, and they he did get the surgery right away. And he said right. he's going to be ready if they make it to the playoffs towards the end of the year. Oh, right. I, oh, I'm yeah. doubtful that's going to be the case, but right. you just never know. You just never know. Yeah. I, you know, I right. don't. I would hate for him to rush to come back and then make himself worse. But he did right. say he's going to he's going to do his best to come back towards the very very end of the season. What What are your thoughts on? Uh... Dallas Patriots game. What's your prediction for that? I was just curious what what you might think. I think I think with Bill Belichick, you always have a chance. I mean, they did lose right. against the Cardinals. They did lose against the Cardinals, and they right. lost convincingly against the Cardinals. I just feel with Bill Belichick, one thing that Bill Belichick does so really well is he takes away your number one option. And most teams, right. when you take away their number one option – you become very beatable. So I, I wouldn't right. be surprised. Now the Patriots are going to have to play a flawless game. They cannot drop balls. Right. They cannot turn yeah. the ball over. You're going to have to play a nearly perfect game. But if they do, I still think the Cowboys right. are going to win this game, but I would not be right. shocked if the Patriots did win. Right. So there's, there's one other thing. Yeah. Was, getting back to the Jets game, there was one, there was one call, I don't know, I didn't really see any dirty play, but it was when Mac Jones was fourth down and he didn't make it. And they said he roughed up one of the Jets players. Or was mis- I don't know, yeah. I didn't really see it. All I saw was the Jets player pushing him back, and I didn't really see the whole play. But do you think Mac Jones uh, did something wrong there? I mean, I don't know. Was it a dirty the play? Was, the video was kind of kind of – the video was not the best quality, but I do right. think from what I could see, 
that I do think Mac Jones did something inappropriate. I'll say it like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I do feel as right. if I do believe the other guy that Mac Jones crossed the line. And right. <laughs> I don't think he had any intent <laughs> to hurt someone, but I do think he kind of like wanted to get somebody upset. Right. And then there was another, um, I think that it was towards the end of the game and it was like third down and a set of run on the ball, they threw an incomplete pass and stopped the clock for the Jets. I mean, the Patriots at the end of the game, they give every opportunity for the other team to come back. I, I don't know why this, they're like that, but I get right nervous towards the end of the games with the Patriots, but I just didn't understand why he would throw on a third down and it was incomplete instead of running the ball and killing, you know, yeah. eating the clock up. I just, I didn't understand that either. I don't know, but I, I just felt like the last three minutes of that game, my heart was like thumping. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. Jets, the Jets were, were, were coming back. I, I says, I, I says, I said to myself, I hope they can hold, but hold on. And was it Matt Jordan? He got the safety yep. and, I, and he comes back to the sideline saying, we got it. And the Jets still had a chance after that, at least two more times, you know, you to come got back it. and win that game. <laughs> I, I, I'll give the Patriots defense credit. They, they came through when they needed to come to. So, you know, yeah. I, I still think they have a good defense, you know? So Speaking of that, I don't know. This, what was it? I was going to say, speaking of that, speaking of the quarterback situation, what we're going to do for you great listeners and great folks with the Allen Alfred Sports Look Show, we're going to go ahead and play a debut song from the one and only Sam Scola, who's on the line right now. The song is Quarterback. So we're going to play this debut song, first time ever on national TV, right here of some Sam Scola, the quarterback. We're going to play it for you right now, folks on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Thanks. The quarterback The quarterback He leads the players on the field He knows all the plays He picks up the first down He moves the team The quarterback, the quarterback, he runs the offense, he's in command, he hands the ball to his running backs, his receivers catch his passes, he scores on a quarterback sweep, short screen pass by the quarterback. Quarterback. 
Sam Scola, the quarterback, right here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Yes, Sam Scola, we appreciate you joining us here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Really appreciate Thanks you. For really. Me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for writing that awesome song. Thank you, too, to yep, Mary. Thanks. I appreciate you both. Yep, thanks again. We we appreciate all you've done for us and you know, playing on playing the songs and giving us all these pitches and stuff. I really appreciate you know, all the attention and you know, what you do for us. Oh, you're a great really, guy. We we really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. That's you're a great guy and you have a great wife too. Always a pleasure, Sam Scola. Definitely we're gonna keep pushing you through till you get that big contract. Thanks a lot, I appreciate it. So oh, have a well. good night. And, uh, maybe maybe I'll call in again before the season's over, the football season's over, and see where the Patriots stand one more time. You, you got it. Hey, you're always welcome on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, Sam. Always. Thanks a lot. Take, take care and talk again soon. Thanks. Bye, you Alan. You got it. You're welcome. Yep. Take care. Yep, bye. bye. Yep, take care. Bye. Right, so we're going to take another great call on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Hey, how you doing so far tonight? Um, I'm all right, man. What's going on, man? Oh, how you been? Hey, been all right, man. You know how it is. Oh, that's awesome. It's always <laughs> fantastic to hear from you. Always a great thing. Long time no seek. I'm glad you're you're back. Yeah, man. Got you know, it's hard to catch up with sometimes, man. Catching well, you hey, on the, uh, what time you guys are uh, recording. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. In fact, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. What do you think about this big fight, the Jamel Charlo versus Canelo Alvarez fight? Uh, I just went with the books and bet Canelo, man. So we'll <laughs> see. But I, I just don't know enough about the twins. I haven't seen enough of them. A lot of people I know, they're they're like really in on this going the other way. <laughs> and uh, Canelo not winning, but yeah, I'm just I'm just sticking with my Canelo pick just from lack of information. What about you? You know, I I think Canelo is the better boxer, and I definitely could see Canelo winning this fight. But I just for some reason do think Jamel Charlo, he is a guy who who doesn't control his emotions too well. But I feel like this fight he will make sure that he fights smart, meaning. He, he's the taller guy. I feel as if he's going to fight Canelo tall. He's going to make sure he doesn't let Canelo get in close. He's going to kind of hit him and run away, hit and run away. As long as he does that, I think Jamel could pull off an upset win and get this win. I really do. I, I just think that Canelo, if he stands there and tries to engage with Canelo in the center of the ring, Canelo's going to knock him out. He's going to end up on his back. But if he fights him tall, doesn't let him get in, uses height to his advantage. Unfortunately, the taller guy always has the advantage over the shorter guy. I hate to say that, but that's how it goes in boxing if you use it to your advantage. And I think Jamel Charlo has been giving Canelo a lot of respect 
up until this point, which he normally never does to an opponent, but he actually does respect Canelo. So I don't see that changing in the ring. I, I have Jamel Charlo winning in a unprobable upset. <laughs> oh, okay. That's no, that's beautiful, man. That that would shake up the whole world of boxing. Like, yeah, that's something. You know what? I never. I would probably not go that way with Jamel because Jamel can be a hothead, but I do feel as if he's, especially being that he saw what happened to Errol Spence. He has had the advantage to see what happens where you try to kind of like show your bravado, show that you're a tough guy against a guy you shouldn't be doing that. And, he, and you saw what happened with, with Errol. He got knocked all over the ring. The fact that he saw that, I think, was a learning experience for Jamel. And I think because of that, he's not going to make the same mistake with Canelo. Had that fight never happened, mm. I think Canelo beats him nine out of ten times. But the fact that I think he learned from that, I could just tell in his behavior. I actually had a chance to be in a couple of press conferences with Jamel Charlo. I think he's learned from that. And I I got Jamel in a in an upset. I, I I've been saying that for the last couple of weeks. I haven't changed. I think Jamel's gonna upset Canelo. It's crazy it may sound. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of uh, uh, Sugar Ray and, and Durant, uh, where you kind of yeah. play up the machismo factor. If you're Canelo, yeah, you want to get him into that fight that you want, close quarters, <laughs> banging on each other. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Canelo taunts him or tries to get him to fight the, you know, the the, the fight that's not necessarily to his advantage. Right. If 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 he tries to do that, fight him in close quarters or center ring, he's going to end up on his back. Jamel Charles is going to end up on his back. You're not going to be able to get in close with Canelo. Canelo is a very skilled boxer. If you try to engage with him, you're going to end up losing the fight. That's that. I'm talking about Jamel. That's not going to be his strength. He's better just hit and run. Kind of like hit him. Don't let him get in close. If he gets in close, tie him up, move out of the way. You're going to have to keep your distance with him. That's just point blank. Because Canelo is not only, I think, the more skilled boxer, he's a stronger boxer too. So that's the only card he really can play if he really wants to win. And I think he knows that. But, you know, usually Jamel is hard-headed, but I think he actually registered to him, ironically, for this fight. Hmm. Yeah, well, okay. Well, Look, I guess I'm going to put something on that, too, then. I might as well, since I'm already leaning so heavy the other way, I might as well get something down on that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man, can't wait for it. It should be big, man. We oh, it's going to be football great. All it's day be great. And then the fight. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great Saturday. It's going to be a big weekend. And, yeah, let me know how it works out. Oh, for sure, for sure. Definitely. Oh, uh, what always... else did you guys get into tonight, man? Oh, we got a lot going on tonight. In fact, we're going to talk about college football next and a little bit about Ronald Lacuna, Major League Baseball, and also a little bit more boxing with Deontay Wilder saying that he's Mike Tyson. In fact, if you hold on for a moment, we'll talk about that in just another moment. I'm going to take another caller. Okay, hold on one second. Welcome to the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. How you doing so far tonight? Oh, 
Good. How are you? Doing great, Diane. So great. Thanks. So glad to hear from you. Sorry to have you waiting so long. It's been a busy night. Oh, it's okay. I haven't been waiting that long. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad to hear from you. So definitely your bills are, are doing really good. How do you like your chances? Good, good. You know, it, it should be interesting to see how they do this weekend. I mean, they, you know, what do you expect? I expect them to do good. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing about the, the Bills, what I, what I love about the Bills is, you know, they got a great quarterback and they have Stefan Diggs. And because of the fact that they have such a great one-two combination, I always feel as if even if they lose a game here and there, they're going to be the last man standing. And that's going to be true to form. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are really good. Yeah, Stephon Diggs, he's, he's great. Uh, you know, he's definitely – I felt bad that I didn't get him on my fantasy team this year. I missed out on him. But <laughs> it should be it should be great for him. And so far, you know what? Josh Allen is starting to get hot now. He's starting to do a lot better. Good. Yeah. And for yourself, what do you got cooking? You know, that they're, they're going to be playing the Dolphins. How do you think they'll do against the Dolphins? I think they'll beat the Dolphins. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game because the Dolphins had a huge, huge, huge weekend last weekend, and they scored 70 points. I don't think they're going to score 70 points against the Bills. That's for sure. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, so... It's going to be a great, great weekend. And anything you got cooking on Lou's show this weekend? No. Hopefully I'll be doing my sports trivia. I didn't get to do it last week. Hopefully I'll get to do it tomorrow. Yeah, I hope time does allow for you to do it tomorrow. It's always great to hear some sports trivia from you. And for people who don't know. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Make sure you guys call into the Enhanced Sports Show tomorrow between 4 and 6 p.m. time zone and speak to Diane and Lou. Phone number there is 512-543-4662. Again, that's 512-543-4662. It should be a, a great show. I'll make sure I call in tomorrow, too. Great. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you tomorrow and I appreciate you calling in tonight. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Diane. Always a pleasure. Continue success. Mm-hmm. Thank you for calling. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Have a great evening. You too. Yeah, so definitely I'm glad you're holding on. Thank you for that. And one thing that was kind of big this week was Deontay Wilder said that he thinks he's Mike Tyson, do you agree with that? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. And I like Deontay Wilder. I really do. I think for a person who's, who picked up boxing late, you know what? He's actually done very, very well for a guy who started boxing late in his life. But, yes, I do think I couldn't agree more. He Deontay Wilder... 
did really well for a guy who picked up boxing late, but he is no Mike Tyson. They're not even in the same category. Yeah, and it's not even a knock on Wilder. Like you said, your assessment of Wilder should be based on when he started. Knowing that he was a you know late blue, a guy who got into boxing late and has accomplished as much as he accomplished, like, man, dude, you won. Like, that's a beautiful thing. But when you start talking about all-time greats and things like that, it's like, dude, you're – you know, some people are once-in-a-generation heavyweight. No, he's an every-generation heavyweight. Every generation, we're going to see somebody who can crack. I mean, just unbelievable punching power, but doesn't have everything else to put it all together in a way. But, man, this dude's going to walk away winning a couple of titles, fighting for big purses, and well-known guy. Like, hey, man, he didn't do bad for yourself. Everybody can't be Mike. Yeah, exactly. And that you're, you said it beautiful. You know, it's, it's no knock on Deontay Wilder. Mike Tyson is just in his prime, man. Mike Tyson was phenomenal. I mean, he was generational talent. And Mike Tyson had an advantage. He, he had great trainers. Teddy Atlas, he had Customato. He started off young. He played in the Olympics. This is what happens when you have great training and great talent. And Mike Tyson was just something. And he wasn't just a guy kind of like Deontay Wilder looking for one punch. He was a guy who used angles. He had very good defense. He had he knew how to box, and he was look, phenomenal. Look, Mike, Mike, Mike was watching old projector film of fighters from the 20s and the 30s. I'm guessing Deontay Wilder's posters on his wall as a kid, it was probably a football player or a basketball player. I'm assuming it wasn't like this, this jump into boxing like as his first love. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And for a guy who, yeah, for a guy who picked up boxing late, you know what? There's no shame in your game. He lost twice. In my opinion, he lost twice to Fury. I know one was a draw. No, I'm sorry. They fought three times. One was a draw. The other two was lost. I think he's zero three against against Fury. But that's no shame in your shame in the game. Fury is a very good technical boxer. Yeah. And that's just separated between them. Fury grew up in gyms, going to, you know, learning how to box early on. And he's a really skilled guy for such a big guy. Now, you know, he's had all those problems off the, you know, outside of boxing or whatever. But wait a minute, like, did you see Fury taking up that the the match along with the MMA fighter scheduled out a year later? Like, I think Fury's really good, but he just reminds me so much of the Khrushchev brothers. I mean, Clifton Brothers, where it's just like, okay, he's good, but this is a bad heavyweight era, more than reflecting on how good he is. Yeah, I, I think Fury is up there as far as one of the greatest. I mean, he's the guy is really skilled. I mean, for a guy as big as he is, he moves really well. His defense is solid. I, I knew when Deontay Wilder fought him the very first time, he was going to have trouble beating Fury. I knew it. I even said it. I said, I think, I think that magical ride that Fury, that um, Deontay Wilder has been on, is going to come to an end against Fury, and it did. I mean, it was a draw, but you could tell that now that he had a fight, the somebody invincibility who could actually box, was gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when he caught him with that shot, and we all thought the fight was over, and this dude pops up like the Undertaker. It's like, okay, he's not going to beat him again if they fight. Like this is, a, this is it for him. 
just yeah. the idea of that invincibility kind of going away for Deontay, man. Exactly. And and you know what? And Deontay, you know, he, he's done really well for his career. A lot of guys wish they've done as well as him. He has nothing to feel bad about, but I agree with you. He's not Mike Tyson. <laughs> I'm sorry, but all due respect. <laughs> yeah, he's Much not Mike Tyson. Because he's entertaining. He's going to be a social media or whatever comes after social media presence for the rest of his life because guys are going to remember the big fights from him, the big KOs and everything else. So for this generation, he's not Mike, but he's something else for them. And, you know, that matters. It does. It really oh, oh, does. I, I don't want to get too caught up, but uh, did you touch on the Kaepernick thing? Oh, yes. I, I know to you already talked football. Yeah, no, I definitely want to get your take on that. I did talk about Colin, but I want to get your thoughts on Colin Kaepernick and his sending this letter to Jets and his thoughts about playing in the NFL at this point. Yeah, I was, I was really disappointed in Cap for sending the letter. Uh for one, you're sending it to Woody Johnson, who was an ambassador in the Trump administration, huge donor to the Trump administration. So if, you, <laughs> if there was any chance of any guy bringing you in, that's not him. Like, that's not the owner who's going to bring you in. I was really disappointed in him because he kind of got to walk away with his dignity. Like, he went and won a case against the NFL. That doesn't happen often. We're talking about a legal team who won the – concussions uh, controversy where they ended up paying out much less than people thought that they would. Like that is a really strong legal team. He was able to prove that, you know, they colluded against him and basically blackballed him out of the league. Uh, The NFL was scared of discovery. They didn't want to put those owners on on a microphone or to go through the emails. And it was much better for them to just decide they were going to pay out uh, instead of dealing with Kaepernick. But, by still asking to get in, I, I don't know, man. It just seemed it seemed kind of beneath uh, what he had accomplished by proving that an American taking a political stance, businesses should not be allowed to 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 uh, punish you for that. So for him to come back now and ask to get in, yeah, I was kind of disappointed in him more than anything because I, I think he was above all of this uh, if he had just left it alone. So I, I don't know. No, I agree with you. I, I I felt bad for him when that letter was when that letter was published. I kind of wish they kept that letter private and did not pu- publicly put that out there. And he shouldn't have wrote it because look, it, it came across. I couldn't agree with you more. It came across to me like Colin was begging to come back in the league. But to your point, you just sued the league that you want to come back in and got a handsome paycheck. Like you said, almost nobody beats the NFL. You're going against City Hall with nobody usually has pockets that deep to beat the NFL. And you actually went against the NFL and proved there was collusion against you, but yet, and you got a paycheck. So not only did you, you got paid twice, you got a big check that you didn't fulfill the rest of your contract. You got to fill, keep that money. And then you took the NFL to court and won again. And you begging to come back in the league? Come on now. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> and again, <laughs> yeah, that owner, like of all people, that particular that owner. owner who has friendships that his friendships would not allow him to do that even if he wanted to, even if he was desperate enough to give it a shot. 
the business relationships and friendships he has. Like, that dude's not going to put that at risk to, to hope Colin comes out there. And honestly, if they gave him what he wanted at this stage of his life where he's been out for seven years, this would be the ultimate get back for all of the people who hate his guts because he'd go out there and probably perform poorly. So, yeah, this was a terrible idea. Because the, the story of Colin, because of social media and how, you know, divided this country is, people speak about him in ways that, or we just make the truth out of whole cloth, where people are like, yeah, he was never any good. You're like, wait a minute, the dude won an NFC championship game and played in the Super Bowl. He was pretty good. Like, you can't say he didn't have his moments. Now, was he limited as a passer? And there were, were there certain things where you had to structure the offense around his limitations? Yes. And that's true for a lot of quarterbacks. But when I see people saying, oh, he was never really good and he he was going to get cut and all this stuff, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can be accurate in our assessment of the dude and still be critical. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, he had he, he had his moments. I do think, though, one thing that did hurt Colin was that when he did start kneeling was when he started playing poorly. He was playing poorly for a good stretch, and then he started to kneel. Not like playing really good and then start kneeling, you know? People remember, more importantly, what you've done lately in the NFL. And Yeah, but the, the story just turned into something else. Because remember, Navy Seal was his name, Nate Boyer. Uh, was what Colin was doing it, and nobody even noticed at first until finally someone in the media picked up on it and brought up the fact that he wasn't standing. And then he goes and meets with this Navy SEAL who tells him, "Well, since you're not going to stand uh, out of out of respect, uh, take a knee to show that you're still you're not you're you're protesting against what is being done, not against military personnel or the flag or anything like that." So he said, okay, and did that, and the media immediately said, this guy's protesting the flag and hates the country. Yeah, <laughs> you're <terrible> right. <laughs> yeah, definitely the media put a spin on it. And Colin Kaepernick has said it several times. He is not disrespecting the flag. He, he even said, to your point, that he got he asked somebody in the military, would he be offended if he sat down? He goes, well, I would be offended if you sat down, but if you took a knee – I wouldn't be. And he even got the approval for that. So it never was about the flag. It was about injustices. And I watched Colin Kaepernick's documentary too. You know, I watched it and I thought it was actually very good. I just think that if you want to be an activist, you're going to have to probably do that when you finish playing. You can't do that while you're playing. Not not in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? It just it won't yeah. fly. It's it, not during your playing time. I think you can be an activist, but I think you probably would carry more weight if you were very good and retired and did that. Doing it during your playing days, you're going to have to deal with so much media, so much negativity. It's going to be very difficult for you to play really well. And it really depends on what issue it is that you're taking up on. Uh, Because ultimately, because a lot of people don't want to change and don't want to see themselves as bad or the country is having any negative points taking on that fight. They're just going to spin it into something else to where you're not going to be heard or listened to in any way. And you're just basically going to be, it's going to be you against old glory and you ain't winning that fight. I don't care who you are. So yeah, it's turned into a terrible thing, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed in him for, for the letter. 
I but, am too. You know, I, I am, is what I am it too. Is. What are you <laughs> It is what it is. You're right. And I think if he really wants to play football, I think the NFL route for now is out. But I think now with the spring football, XFL, the USFL merging, I think that's that's the route he should take. I think that's what he should do. If you want to play football and that's your dream, I think you need to turn pages from the NFL and try to start there and see where it goes. Yeah, just make sure you cash your checks immediately uh, when you play in these. Yeah, and, and save your money too. <laughs> don't waste your money. <laughs> yeah, don't you save your money. Cash those checks immediately because those leagues tend to fold, man. I, I hope the Rock is able to pull it off. It's just, it's just difficult to pull off some type of uh, compromise with college football because you know college football is huge. And, and can I say, well, let me let me ask you this, because I've been thinking about this a lot. I think college football has a better football product than the NFL. Now, of course, these are worse players. They're not as great as NFL players, you know, by a mile. But I'm, I mean, as a TV-watching experience, it's, it's half the commercials. It's yep. easier score. <laughs> like, so, I, yeah, I, I just wanted to know what you thought about that. I, I think it's a better product. Even though I have I, way I more it. interest in the NFL, but, but I want to red zone the NFL. I want to watch all the games. Yeah, you know, NFL has a product that no matter what is going to keep thriving. People love the NFL, but I think you're right. I love college football, and I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts about what Coach Prime is doing in Colorado? Uh, I think – the comparisons are a little off, and I think people are trying to turn this into some like revolutionary thing. When it's like, no, this is this is him basically being his old mentor, Bobby Bowden. This is a guy going to uh, a school that's kind of overlooked and you know seen a little bit of past glory, but it's not a powerhouse by any measure. And just by sheer personality and star power, he's able to lift that program up into something else. And you know, he said the most important thing: you better get me now because. You know, when he gets to, when he gets the horses in there, he's gonna really be a problem. Right now, that team is limited. Uh, I cleaned up last week because I knew they were gonna get blown out by Oregon. I expect the same thing to happen tomorrow against USC because I mean, football is still football. If you don't have it in the trenches, and the other team has more five stars than you, guess what? You're not winning. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I definitely love what he's doing there in Colorado. I'm not surprised like a lot of people are, but I'm really not because, look, I saw Colorado's culture. They had bad culture. They were used to losing. You could tell. And here comes Coach Prime. He brings in some D5 athletes. You know, like he said, you know, I'm bringing bringing my own luggage, and he did. So a lot of guys trampled out, but a lot of guys came in. So I was not surprised that his team got off to a very good start, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I I don't think they're going to beat USC. I do think it might be a little bit closer game than Oregon, but I don't see them beating USC. No, man. They need a lot more talent. Like, O-line and D-line. If, you're, <laughs> if every time you <laughs> go up against a top-10 team, like you're at a huge deficit, like, yeah, that's, that's going to be difficult to overcome. But we know what's going to happen. Like, we, we've seen this before. We've seen people build programs. When Dion comes to somebody's house, he's going to charm the wife. 
you know, talk to the dad about the Cowboy days, the 49ers. Like, he's getting a lot of the guys that he wants, guaranteed, when he hits the recruiting trail. So this is really going to turn the other way as easily as next year or the year after. So I, I, I don't see anything but good things for him. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. And he's already doing fantastic things. You got to look at it like this. If you're a player, even if you're not playing for one of the bigger conferences, if you play on Coach Prime's team and you do well, you're going to get a lot of media attention. That's what you want. You want the exposure. So that's an opportunity. If you play for Coach Prime, you're going to have an opportunity to showcase your talents on a big stage because, because of his presence, because of who he is. You see, they're televising almost all the games now. Dude, they, they, tie, they tied a Texas and Alabama game with a Colorado versus uh, – who was it? Colorado, Colorado State. State. Like they tied, yeah. They tied the Texas-Alabama TV rate. Like, that is insane. So, yeah, he's going to get it going. And, and sometimes, you know, guys in our generation, we kind of tend to forget how big of a star this dude was. When you talk about the shoes, the commercials, the balance of power in the NFL swinging between him and Charles Haley going from San Francisco to Dallas, those what that's where the championships went. This dude hit 400 in a World Series. Like, like you're not gonna, yeah. we're not gonna see another deal, man. <laughs> For a long yeah, time. I agree. You're absolutely right. And this guy was an unbelievable two-play. Two-sport athlete, you know, he's just an unbelievable talent. And one thing about Deion Sanders is that I do believe if that Atlanta situation was handled a little bit better, I think he would have got a, a World Series ring too. I think they would have, they should have yeah. won that series. But the fact that Deion Agreed. Sanders and management kind of didn't get it wrong and they, and they sat him, it kind of changed the dynamic of that series and they didn't win. But if everything went smoothly – I think I think the Braves win that series. I really do. Yeah, and look, the best point I've heard on this. I don't know what you. I don't know if you heard. Uh, Bomani was on with uh, Foxworth, and they were talking, and he said something that kind of stood out to me. He said, "When we were growing up, college football always was about, of course, tradition and rivalries. But the other thing was star coaches. Like coaches were stars and big personalities." the interviews, the Spurrier stuff. You can't spell citrus without the YouTube. Like, there was a big personality thing with, with coaches. And now we've kind of come to these corporate, bland, polo shirt guys who every once in a while maybe we get a nice sound bite about new hopes or something. But for the most part, we don't have that star quality in coaches. And I think Dion just stepped into that void. And that's different. It is different. I mean, this guy has personality. Love him or hate him, he has got a personality. He gets. He knows how to. He knows how to recruit. He knows how to sell. He's a master marketer. And yeah, I, I definitely see big things happening. And like he said, you better get him now because I think you give it a couple of years, more players are going to want to play for him because it's it's a great opportunity. If you don't get into those big programs, you can go to Colorado and. And to some degree, if you go to Colorado, you might even be better because you're going to get so much exposure. Yeah, he's definitely going to he's definitely going to be able to flip a lot of recruits who who uh, some blue blood programs think they got in the bag. And with that said, can I ask the other uh, 
the other uncomfortable question? Of course. Uh, me and you are of a certain age. The University of Alabama does not accept certain things. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that they would just, you know, put a for sale sign in front of his house and embarrass him, but maybe they kick him upstairs to administrative role or something like that. But uh, I don't think Saban's along for that job, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I do think one thing I know about coaching is if you do great where you're at, there's usually going to be another job offer someplace better or bigger down the road. So I, I could definitely see Coach Prime going to another opportunity, just like he did with JSU. I mean, he had a great thing going with them, and he left to go for Colorado. That's what coaches do. It's either He said it best. You're either being elevated as a coach or you're being fired. That's it. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing There's in, no in between. In college football. Yeah. But, yeah, but what, what do you think about that saving take, man? I'm just saying – you know that Alabama fan base, man. I'm, I'm, I know this is, you know, controversial, but I, I think they run saving out, man. Not saying this year, maybe next year, maybe. I just don't think he has long for that job. Yeah, and you know, one thing about college, I, I've coaches, I've seen some of the best of them get thrown out because of controversy. I don't think Nick Saban is any different in that regard. You know, that's unfortunate. But that's how college coaches, that's what, when they don't want you anymore, they'll find a reason or a way to get rid of you. That's just how it goes. They'll find a reason. (laughs) Yeah, if if they don't have a reason, they'll make up a reason or find a reason. They don't want you in there anymore. You can go to court, like you said, and fight it. They might even settle out of court with you, but you're not going to be the coach anymore. Yeah, because, dude, when they whip a posse together and you get a couple big uh, big whale alums in agreement that somebody should go and they're willing to pay the buyout, nobody's safe. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. They're, they're willing to pay a buyout. Like, with coaches, you know, Deion said they're great. You're either being elevated or you're getting fired. That's it. Or you quit, which is basically, you know, you're about to get fired, but you decided to walk, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. Right. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, that, that's all I had on college football, man. I know you're running long. No, that's all right, man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. We're gonna so Deion Sanders gets unfortunate. He goes two to two for two now. He's gonna lose against USC. Is your final prediction? Uh, yeah, and and big, maybe even worse than uh, Oregon game. Yeah, it's gonna be big. Oh wow, I definitely dude. There's a six ten guy playing left tackle, man. How do you get? <laughs> How do you get low as a 6'10 guy against a speed rusher? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just hope that he makes it better than Oregon. But I do think he's going to, unfortunately, get another loss. Yeah. But we'll see. I definitely but, wish him the best. And I'm hoping, I'm praying that we can get Coach Prime in the show so you can talk to him. Yeah. Well, well, well let's talk about what success is, though. Bowl game. To me, you get that team to a bowl game, that's something to build on. Seven wins, bowl game, boom. That's nothing to be ashamed of there for the first year, starting over, turning over a roster. I I never doubt Dion. I think he's I think he could do it. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Yeah. So well, well, I th- thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it, dude. 
I appreciate you joining us. I appreciate you calling in. I really do. It's been awesome. You have a blessed weekend. Yes, sir. So, yeah, man, and thank you for the Charlo pick. I'm going to put something down on that tonight. And, uh, yeah, man, appreciate you, bro. Yeah, I'll be watching. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this and see how it works out. All right. All right. Bye, man. Have a good weekend. You the same. Likewise. Thank you for calling. Take care for now. We have an awesome show for you guys, and we're going to keep on going here at the Allen Alfred Sports Circus Show. And I did want to give props to Ronald Acuna for breaking the Major League Baseball record. For those who don't know, he's the first Major League player to hit 40 home runs and 70 stolen bases ever in Major League Baseball history. And one of the big things that happened was the Cubs announcers let it be known that they were upset. They did delay the game in extra innings because Ron Acuna picked up the bag and was celebrating. And my thoughts on that is, hey, man, if you didn't want him celebrating, don't let him steal the base. You knew he was going to try to attempt to steal the base to get the record. He had 69 stolen bases. The season is coming to an end. Of course, he was going to try to steal the bag. Everybody knew. You knew, I knew, everybody in the stands knew, and you let him steal the base. So, hey, it is monumentous. You have never had a 40 home run, 70 stolen base recipient. Let me give you these, these uh, factors. Major League Baseball started in 1876. 1876, you've never seen that. And in that time frame, they had over 20,529 Major League Baseball players, and no one has ever done that. So, yes, that is an occasion to be celebrated. When Ricky Henderson broke the record, the all-time record, they stopped the game and honored him and even made a longer presentation during the middle of the game when Ricky Henderson did it. Now, granted, it wasn't extra innings, but you can't determine when someone breaks a record, and this was an extra innings. I really thought that was kind of low class on the Cubs announcer. And this goes to this point. This is a little controversial, but that's one of the downfalls about Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, unfortunately, I have to talk about this, is rooted in racial undertones. Sometimes it's not even an undertone. It's we don't want you here, basically. But this is racial undertones. And why I say that is because Ronald Acuna is, for, for people who don't know, he's Venezuelan. He's not African-American. He's Venezuelan, of Spanish descent had Chase Utley, Bryce Harper, anybody of this nature would be in contention and would have done the exact same thing, guess what? You would have been saying he's the best thing since sliced bread. You know that as, I, as well as I know. You would have not been complaining if they stopped the game. You would have encouraged them to go ahead and celebrate. This is a perfect example of some racial undertones. Ronald Acuna did something in over a hundred and. 20 years of baseball. Yes, and it wasn't even that long of a celebration. He took out the bag, which we knew. You know, he clapped a bit. It was very short, and he didn't hold up the game where the pitchers and stuff, people get cold. That was actually kind of Bush League on the Cubs announcers, and you should apologize to Ronald Kuna because Ronald Kuna not only did he set a record, but Ronald Kuna is going to be a unanimous MVP getter. 
I doubt, with all due respect with Mookie Betts, who won the MVP last year, I don't even think Mookie Betts is going to get 15 to 20% of the first place ballot votes. He's just unfortunately not going to get it. Everybody's going to vote for Ronald Kuna. So not only did he set this record, he's going to be the National League MVP. You can mark that down. I said at 11.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone, Ronald Kuna is going to be the Major League Baseball MVP, regardless of whether the Braves do well in the playoffs or not. He's going to be the MVP. And congratulations again to Ronald Kuna for that wonderful achievement. And I did want to share my thoughts on Bryce Harper, who got into it with, with Angel Hernandez. And we all know who Angel Hernandez is, the umpire that everybody loves to hate in Major League Baseball. It, you know, he basically called him out on a strike three call, which was not a swing. Bryce Harper did not go around. I could clearly see that that was not a swing. And even when you look at it in slow motion, you could tell it was not a swing. Let me tell you what's going on with Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez is kind of like a disgruntled, not kind of, he is a disgruntled employee. And let me explain to you why he's a disgruntled employee. Angel Hernandez is mad at Major League Baseball for not giving him an opportunity to be the referee, the umpire, in one of the major games in Major League Baseball. He's been a long-time umpire. And what has happened now, I feel as if he has something on Major League Baseball where if Major League Baseball were to try to fire him, it would be illegal back and forth. It would be a nightmare, meaning you have somebody you want to fire, but if you know if you fire them, he's got something on you where it's going to be a disaster because you're going to have to deal with his legal team and you're going to have to deal with a much bigger headache going back and forth. So I don't think that's the reason why Major League Baseball doesn't want to fire him. But he's still in a disgruntled employee where he just doesn't care. Meaning, I believe Angel Hernandez makes these bad calls on purpose just to spite Major League Baseball and the players, to upset both of them and to get his name in a paper, get some media attention. I mean, because he doesn't care at this point. You can't have people complain about your bad calls this many times and you don't, you don't register. He doesn't care. It's kind of like, you go through a drive-to restaurant. I'm just give it an example. I respect everybody who has a job. Let me just say that first for us. But you go through a drive-thru. The person who's helping you is mad at their employer. So it won't take them much for you to say much to them, for them to be upset and get into it with you. And then the employer really doesn't want to fire them because they're going to have to deal with them in court, and it's going to be a much bigger headache, so they just put up with it. That's where Angel Hernandez is. He's just placing his anger. Angel Hernandez is mad at Major League Baseball, and he doesn't care if players get mad. I could see right through and see what's going on. Having said that, Bryce Harper going off on him actually did have a great story. You know why? Because Bryce Harper walked up the field, and he threw his helmet in the stands. He didn't just throw it where somebody get hurt, but he basically let people know, hey, this is up for grabs. He did that. A 10-year-old caught the helmet, and Bryce Harper was nice enough to sign it. And I saw the autograph. He didn't give him a little scribble. He wrote a beautiful autograph. He even said, go Phillies, like twice on it. He put some inscriptions in it. It looked beautiful. That kid walked away with, like, 
a souvenir that's literally probably worth about $20,000. No joke. Because it's game-worn, it's game-used, it's authentic. It's something that you probably won't see another version of, and it happened during the play. You could see it. It's all on video. So that was a monumentous, really cool souvenir that kid got. So congratulations for the 10-year-old. And since he is a minor, I don't want to say his name, but you can look it up and find him. But yeah, that that has that was awesome. But I don't blame Bryce Harper for getting upset. I just think Angel Hernandez needs to deal with this being unhappy with your employer another way, another constructive way. It's not cool. Having said that, we're going to switch gears and talk a bit about the Ryder Cup. And one of the things that happened was that Bryson DeChambeau was upset that he didn't get not only get selected on a team, he was upset that he didn't even get called. They didn't even call him. And yet Bryson DeChambeau has been winning tournaments recently. I know you don't hear much about it because he's playing for live golf. Let me explain this to you. I know that, you know, Brooks does have affiliation with live golf, but Bryson DeChambeau, unfortunately, prior to going to live golf, did upset a lot of guys in a PGA tour. One of those guys is <laughs> Tiger. And unfortunately, that carries legs. Is it fair? No. But let me explain to you. When you make a decision to go to live golf, rightfully or wrongfully, you're going to lose a lot of privileges. When you go to live golf, you got to understand a lot of the guys on the PDA tour inherently, even if you didn't do anything wrong, you took a bag that they probably would have taken if they got to offer. Unfortunately, they're just going to hate you playing for what they feel as if it's quote, unquote, the enemy golf. That's what their feeling is. I don't think it is the enemy golf, but that's what their feeling is. So I understand Bryson DeChambeau being hurt by it, by not getting a call. Do I think he deserved the call? Yes, I do. I do think he deserved the call to see if he was interested. And I think he could have been picked up and somebody else left behind. Having said that, when you go to live golf, unfortunately, this is what happens. You lose your privileges. You can't have your cake and eat it too. I talked about this earlier about Devontae Adams. When you go to the Raiders, you took the bag. You cannot tell me you had a better shot of winning a championship with Derek Carr and the Raiders versus Aaron Rodgers championship game. You were right there. I'm sorry, but the Green Bay Packers had a better team than the Raiders. Now, granted, they do have some Raiders. I'm glad Josh Jacobs is back. He's the man. But it's just it's a team effort. And Aaron Rodgers is better than Derek Carr. I hate to say it like that. Yeah, you, you, you might be boys. He might agree to throw the ball to you more often or force it to you, whatever. But yeah, point being is when you make a decision to go to live golf or go to the other side of the fence, you're taking the bag and you're hoping that that bag is so big, you don't care what the other side of the fence thinks because you're going to lose all your privileges. Forget about playing on a PGA Tour. Forget about playing in a Ryder Cup. Forget about being invited to Christmas dinner. You know, is it fair? No, but this is what happens. Until Live Golf becomes more accepted, you know, uniformly by people, this is what's going to happen. 
kind of like the XFL and USFL. Once spring football becomes more respected by the masses of people, which I think spring football will get there, unfortunately, you know, it's not going to be the same. So I know Bryson Chambers hurt, but hey, it is what it is. When you take the bag, this is what comes with it. So I did want to go ahead and play another Sam Scola song. We're going to play the Sam Scola Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. You heard from Sam Scola earlier in the show. Appreciate Sam Scola. Again, if you have not done so, please pick up a four-pack of Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Check out one of his four flavors, Classic, Heat Wave, Honey Mustard, and Fusion. Let us know right here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show which one you love the best. Again, that's flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. You can also reach and see Chef G's right here in Tampa, Florida at 301 South 22nd Street. 301 South 22nd Street. Let them know that the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show sent you. Let me play that Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce by Sam Scola now. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. A natural flavor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. A classic taste for chicken steak tips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Serve on fish and vegetables Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. We got a few more moments in the show. I'm going to go ahead and go over my picks for this week. I did have the Lions beating the Packers, and I got that one right. I did say it. The Lions are going to beat the Packers, and they did. We had the Falcons against the Jags. I do believe this is the week that the Jags finally start playing like the Jags, and they beat the Falcons. So I have the Jags beating the Falcons. We have the Rams versus the Colts. Rams starting to play a little bit better, but I do think the Colts are going to pull this one out. Then we have the Ravens versus the Browns. It's going to be a very, very good game. I expect it to be a powerhouse of a game. I do believe this is the week that Lamar gets it together and he wins. So I got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens winning. We have the Vikings versus the Panthers. This is going to be a tough game, but... (laughs) I got the Vikings finally getting the job done and winning the game. I have the Vikings winning. We have the Bengals versus the Titans. That's going to be another great game. 
It's going to be tough, but I, I have uh, – this one's tough. It's a tough pick. I got the Bengals pulling out and beating the Titans in a very close game. We have the Buccaneers versus Saints. I got the Bucks winning. Got to go with my Bucks. We have the Dolphins and the Bills. And this is going to be a tough game, but I do think the Bills do get it done. We have the Broncos and the Bears. I have that's the oh, the battle of the 0-3, the winless. I do think the Broncos are going to pull out this game. The Eagles and Commanders, I have the Eagles winning. And then we have the Steelers versus Titans. I have the Steelers winning. Raiders and Chargers, I have the Chargers winning. We have the Cardinals against the 49ers. I have the 49ers winning. Patriots versus the Cowboys. I do have – it's going to be a tough game. I, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Well, no. You know what? I'm going to go with the Patriots because Sam Scola. Because of Sam Scola, I'm going with the Patriots. And we have the Jets versus the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs winning. Giants versus the Seahawks. I have the Seahawks winning. So having said that, I appreciate Lou, Sam Scola, Diane, all the calls calling in today. Really appreciate you guys. Appreciate all you guys listening. Appreciate you, your support online as well. But I do want to let you know, we're going to end the show on the Sam Scola song. Appreciate Sam Scola. Appreciate Mary. And I appreciate you guys listening. I'll be back next Friday. Be blessed. Be well. Have a fantastic weekend. And we're going to end the show with the outro song by Sam Scola. Take care and be blessed. Okay.